Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This is Kelly Henderson, and you are listening to the Velvet's Edge podcast. As I've talked about quite a bit on this podcast, I went through the process of freezing my eggs recently, and after two unsuccessful attempts, I decided that this was not the best route for me. However, it has really put it on my heart to continue to educate women about their options as far as fertility goes. I went in blind, and I often wonder if my options would have looked different if I had started at a different age. Although the process didn't work overall, my experience was made much easier by the amazing people I worked with at Ova Egg Freezing Center in Chicago. In fact, some of you may even recognize my nurse, Whitney Bischoff, from Crystal's season of The Bachelor. Whitney is not only a highly educated nurse, but her delivery of information about this process helped me to understand and stay calm. I honestly do not think I would have been able to process a lot of this stuff without her. Of course, we also had some really interesting reality TV stories to exchange as well, so I will forever be grateful for her and her insight. We talked a lot about the fundamentals of fertility, options of egg freezing, and of course, The Bachelor. Here's our conversation. Okay, so we were talking before about just my goal now being to really educate women, especially young women, about this egg freezing stuff and just how to get it on your radar, what you need to know, because I wish I had known stuff way earlier than I did. And you guys taught me so much through the process. Um, So I just want for like the medical perspective and the professional opinion, can you kind of talk through how our egg reserve works? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's um, a very common misconception that we all just kind of get it. And I feel that talking about it and kind of breaking it all down is a large eye opener for a lot of women. So yeah, let's talk about it. So as women, we are born with all of the eggs that we will ever have. Right. So that's very, very different than men who make sperm consistently throughout their life. So with women, it's very opposite. I always say we're more opposite in ways than what we ever imagined. Um, But we're born with all of these eggs. And from day one of our life, we start losing them every single day. 
And I feel like the best way to visualize this in our brain is if there was this imaginary line graph, and on the day that you're born is on that top left, where you're born with millions of eggs, and on day one of life, this graph, the line, starts to decline. And so as time is going on, this line is gradually declining. And what the line is depicting is what we call ovarian reserve or the quality and the quantity of the eggs that we have remaining. And there's been a lot of studies that have been completed on this ovarian reserve line. And what the studies show is that on average, by the time a woman starts her period, she's lost over half of the eggs that she was born with. And that at 30, that line kind of takes a little bit of a bigger dip. And at 35, the biggest dip. Now, with that being said, it doesn't mean that at 35, you just drop out all of the eggs that you were born with. You know, this science isn't black and white. And not everybody follows that exact curve on that imaginary line graph. There's some women from the day that they're born, their line is going down very rapidly. And those are women that we see that have premature ovarian failure. And then there's women whose line is very slowly going down, and those are women that we see that are able to get pregnant naturally into their early 40s. And both of those examples are rare. Most people kind of fall towards that first example that I explained. Um, but there's very many things that we can talk about today that can impact that rate of decline. I mean, there's environmental, there's medical factors, there's emotional factors that all can play a, fact in, a factor in that. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important to know that as women, we're all in this together, all of us as women, all of our lines are declining. There's no woman's fertility that is plateauing or is increasing. It's just the rate at which it's going down is different from one person to the next. And really age is the most important factor as to the rate of the decline. I mean, that is so crazy to think about the time. By the time we start our period, we've lost half of our egg reserve. I mean, I was like I 12 time, years old. <laughs> right. I mean, it's like by the time we even could have a baby if right. we wanted we're already have a setback because we've lost half of what we need That's for that. Crazy. And I tell women all the time, you know, the times have evolved as far as being a woman and how amazing that is, but our bodies haven't really kept up with the time. Our bodies have are still made to um, have babies or to reproduce in our early 20s. Right. And that's, you know, with the way that, you know, we're in 2020, that's, that's not the way of the world these days. No, it's so different nowadays. I mean, I think it's so common that a woman, I'm 37, but I think, you know, if you, if you are a woman who wants to build her career and um, build a life other than having kids first, that's just so common nowadays. But like you said, it is, and, and I think it's fine if you do want to have babies in your early twenties, that's all great. But I think that we're just seeing, like you said, more and more women that are focused on other things aside from family, not to say that they don't want to have a family, but that there's so many things that come, you know, before that, well, before we're even getting to that point of thinking about that, before we feel ready to settle down, you know, financially or right. with the right person or anything like that. And then we've got this, you know, big problem with our fertility that we may not have thought about at a younger age. Exactly. I mean, that's exactly what happened to me. But so is there is there anything that we do or don't do that causes, like you said, there's some women who they just have a more rapid decline or that something, you know, there's yeah. those women that you always hear. They're like, well, I was fertile myrtle. And it's like, is there anything that you are doing or not doing that's causing that? Or is that just how you're born and the way your body is, your body chemistry is made up? I wish that's a really good question, and I think there's a lot to that question that 
we don't have the answers to. I mean, the number one sort of thing with our, our decline or the rate of decline is our age. Obviously, genetics plays a role. If you have, um, if your mom, you know, went into early menopause, yes, we do see that there's a chance that um, you would be at a higher risk than of going through early menopause. We do see that that link um, with the genetics. As far as lifestyle goes, I mean, we do know that smoking um, plays a big role in okay. the quality of our eggs. So um, there's many reasons why smoking is not good for us, and this can, you know, you just tag that right on in there. So it does affect the fertil- your fertility as well. Um, emotionally, there's... There's been a lot that we've looked into in the field as far as stress and um, the emotional component and how it affects fertility. And we do know that it can affect it, just like anything else. Stress is not a positive thing for any of our bodies in many, many, many different ways. Um, And what we do see is that especially in the IVF clinic when patients are trying to conceive and it's not working and then they throw in the stressor of fertility and people don't realize the impact that that has not only on a woman's body physically, but just her emotional relationships with her significant other, other people in her family or her, you know, friendships that she may not be sharing this with. It affects a lot. So all of that sort of stress, um, we do see that it does play a role. When women a lot of times, you know, say, okay, you know what, I'm, I'm done doing this or I'm going to take a break from treatment. Those are the times, a lot of times we get calls and we're like, I got pregnant naturally. Yeah. And so we can't discount that. I mean, we there's no, again, the science isn't black and white. There's no way that we can say this is exactly what it was. And it was because she wasn't going through treatment and she wasn't stressed out that that's why she got pregnant. But we do know it plays a role. And we look at acupuncture and we look at things like that, that, you know, is proven to decrease the stress in a woman's life or in her body that then indirectly is helping her with her fertility. So that definitely does play a role in it. You know, it's so interesting that this is, you're speaking exactly to what happened in my life recently, obviously, which I've shared a lot with the listeners and we'll talk a little bit more about here. But um, when you talk about like the 35 year mark being a huge part of the drop in our egg reserve. Why is that? Like what number or why 35? Like what happens at 35? Because when I, I remember I went to the gynecologist and literally it was like my yearly checkup and she was like, okay, you're 35. So what's your, what's your thought on having children? And are you thinking about this? And like, you really need to start thinking about this. And I had no idea, but it puts on this added pressure that like I was nowhere near being ready to do that. And so it was just kind of like, wait, what? And that was when my whole journey started. But what is it about that age or what happens at that age? So it's a marker. Again, going back to what I said a little bit earlier is it doesn't mean that when you turn 35 that you're doomed. Absolutely not. It's just a marker. We know as we age that things are starting to decline. And from the studies we see around the age of 35 as that being a big year. For some people, it may not be until 40. For some people, like I said, it may be in, you know earlier. Yeah. But I think that's the part about being educated. And it really mm-hmm. shouldn't be a scare tactic. And I don't. I think it's just more about becoming well-informed about what's going on with your body. And I always have patients that come in here and are like, I had no idea or I wasn't educated at this or my, or my OB-GYN didn't tell me about this. And I think that we have to be our own advocate. And by reaching women and explaining that this is what happens with our bodies and it's not meant to scare you. It's just, this is just the way that we're made. Yes. And I think when we all come to that realization as 
it's really kind of out of our control. I mean, there's definitely things we can do by not smoking and taking care of our bodies and staying a healthy weight and exercising and decreasing as much stress as possible. But the majority of it's out of our control. Mm -hmm. And by understanding that and by becoming educated, I think that we do have a small sense of control in this if we know more about what's going on with ourselves personally. 100% agree. That was the biggest lesson that I learned in this whole thing. I always say like, I do think knowledge is power. And for some reason, this was just a situation that I was not informed on about my own body. Like, I think you just put it off and put it off until you're like, someone says something like what my gynecologist said, and you're like, oh, shit, I do want kids. I do. I guess I do need to start thinking about this. And I I think a good way to sort of look at it is we're very proactive in our health, right? Like we we follow the guidelines of what that means for going and getting our pap smear and what the guidelines say for that. Or if you're at a certain age, going and getting your mammogram and getting a yearly physical. So why aren't we doing that with our fertility? It's better to be proactive and kind of saying, okay, I want to test this. I want to see what's going on with my body. I want to take, you know, I know I want to have children or maybe I I think that I may, but I don't know when or not right now. Um, And being proactive instead of waiting until we need to be reactive. And what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of people wait until someone says that there's a problem and that, okay, now your fertility is declining. Oh, crap, what do I do now? So the opposite of that is kind of getting ahead of it and talking about it with your medical professional, um, your gynecologist, your primary care physician, and kind of getting the information so that you can be proactive and have some more sense of control about your fertility. Right. And like you said, so what happened for me is when I found out, um, you brought up the stress factor and that point in my life actually happened to be just already super stressful. So like it, it was that like rushed thing where, you know, this is sort of how I live my entire life. So this isn't that surprising, but the last minute thing of like the procrastination, okay, I'm down to the wire. <laughs> this is when I need to look at this. I found out that my fertility might not be at the place that I wanted it to be. And so then it was like this pressure to do it right now, right now, you've got to do it. But I was under so much stress with work, with travel. I bought a new house. I was in a new relationship. Uh, you and I have connected on the reality TV disaster stuff because you had some bachelor um, history, but yeah, so that's all of that stuff is like so much stress on your body. And I've often thought like, what would have happened if I looked at this at a different point in my life? Would my results be different? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I think the answer is, is that if we, you know, obviously, going back to the just how our bodies are made, if it was five, six, seven years ago, the likelihood is probably yes. But we have to take what we have right now and, yeah. you know, and t- take from that. And you and I have had this conversation too. Okay. So this is, this is what we have right now. We can't go back. We can't change it. This is what we're working with. Yeah. So what, do, what can we do to take what this, what we have, the information given to us, we can't change it. And how do we make a game plan moving forward? Um, so, uh, We've talked about this as well about just, oh, my gosh, you know, if we were just younger when people would have known about this, like you wish you could go back and turn back the clocks and have this information as a 30-year-old. And I think that's kind of been your mission and your passion project for you. And it was the same for me as well. Um, You know, I was working in the – the IVF clinic and working with patients that um, were having to utilize a donor egg because they had missed the window of fertility for Mm -hmm. them. And so the only way that they were going to have a baby was going to be through um, donor egg or adoption. And so many people would talk to me and just say, I wish I would have known. I wish I knew, would have known that I had an option. And for me, 
it was like a light bulb. It was a light bulb moment that happened for me. Like, why am I not doing this? I'm hearing these women. They're educating me. They're helping me, um, you know, think about my future. And I froze my eggs. And I froze my eggs at the age of 27. And everyone thought that I was crazy. People looked at me like I had a a third eyeball in the middle of my head. Like, just crazy. And... I went through the process and as much as, you know, I'm so glad that I did it and it was, seems like many moons ago, but it was very daunting and it was very isolating and it was very scary and I was educated in it. So I can't imagine how it would be for someone that has no education or no medical background going through it and it was, became, like I said, it became a passion project to really reach women and to let them know that they do have options and they yeah. do have an opportunity to take control of their fertility. Absolutely. I've been, my thing that I've been saying to anyone that asked me or even on this podcast is if I could go back when I was, you know, late twenties, early thirties, I would at least start a side savings account just to start thinking about this. And then that way you're prepared financially, but also to go in, just go to a fertility clinic and get checked. Like it just like we do, like you said, the, yes. gyne- the gynecologist appointments. It's like, just go figure out what's happening for your body. Right. And that's what we always say at OVA um, is that we offer complimentary consultations for anyone that is interested in kind of more, you know, personally figuring out what's going on to where we can sit down, kind of go over their medical history, their reproductive history and all of that to where we can talk one-on-one and that's offered complimentary. And the reason that is, is because how can you expect someone to make a decision as big as this about their future when they don't really know what it is, what it's about? You know, you, the literature that's just out there is lacking and we really recommend patients don't just Google online because there's a lot of misconceptions out there and there's, a lot of people that, you know, are offering really low prices for egg freezing because it's kind of a hot topic right now. And you have to be very, very cautious of that because it is such a fine-tuned technology. Not everyone can do it well. It's a very mm-hmm. um, practiced sort of science. And you need to have that practice in the vitrification of oocytes, not just embryos, and have babies born from that to really, you know to really teach women about what they're getting into. And so I always just cautious everyone, caution everyone to really do the research and to really make sure that they're going to a place that has a laboratory that has experience and has babies born from this because many women are going to freeze their eggs or, you know, to kind of take control of their fertility and making this big leap. But what's going to happen if and when 10 years from now they come back to use them? What's what's happening when we go to thaw them and fertilize them? And what's the success rate of that? And that's a lot of the unknown right now. So be your advocate, get out there, do your research, ask about the laboratory. Like I said at OVA, we offer these complimentary consultations to just kind of see where you are and we can talk about what testing would look like to understand your reserve as well. Yeah. I mean, this is not something that I would be wanting to like get a discount price on. No, and that's <laughs> what I'm saying. People it's like very serious. Like, well, yeah. It is very serious. But I think the thing that's scary is when you just Google in there. And Absolutely. You find all this stuff, like one of the biggest things you'll see is we offer egg freezing for this low rate and people don't understand that it's just not the same everywhere no. you go. Yeah. You so, definitely want to do your want- research. Do your research. Absolutely. 
So if you had to advise, you know, the women listening who might be in their 20s and 30s, like what would an age be where they really need to start taking this seriously? And like, if it is something where you're like, I want kids, but I'm not in a place right now, when would you say like really start to look into this? We recommend based on the science, based on the data and the studies that have been done between the ages of 25 and 35. Now, it doesn't mean that if you're older than 35 that you're not a candidate. It's more about then managing expectations about what treatment's going to look like for you and really having a serious conversation about that. Um, It's hard because 25 seems so young, and most 25-year-olds aren't thinking anything about this, but that's really, you know, a good age to start beginning to think about your fertility because we do know if we go back to the beginning what happens as we age, when we hit 30, when we hit 35. So the younger we are when we do this, we know that the quality and the quantity of the egg is going to be higher. And it is somewhat of a catch-22 because when we're younger, we obviously aren't as financially stable as when we're older, but it is, you know... When we do it, then it's cheaper because you probably aren't going to need as many cycles. Right. You're probably not going to need as many medications because your quality of your egg and the quantity of them is so much higher. So let's say you wait five or ten years. Now you're more financially stable, but yet it's going to be a lot more expensive and you might have to do it more than one time because the goal number of eggs is 15 to 20. 15 to 20 eggs doesn't equal 15 to 20 babies. There's a nutrition that takes place if and when you come back to use them. So we want to be sure that you're banking enough to make it worth your while. And that's harder to do the older that you are. Right. Let's talk about that a little bit. You actually just answered my next question, which was what do you guys perceive to be a successful cycle? Which So you're saying 15 to 20 eggs would be... I don't want to... Yes. I don't want to say that that is a successful one cycle. I'm saying that's our goal number total. Okay. And so... Some patients may come through and do a cycle, and maybe they're only going to get four or five eggs. Right. And I don't want that to come across as that that's a failed cycle. That's not a failed cycle at all. It's more about how many total are we going to get. And so we do offer multi-cycle packaging at OVA to where if we know based on your initial testing that you may need more than one cycle to get to that goal number of 15 to 20 eggs, then we can offer multi-cycle packaging so that your second or third cycle is, you know, you get those discounts. Um I think managing expectations, kind of mm-hmm. talking about this, this is huge. I've talked to so many women. When we were thinking about opening up OVA, which is an egg freezing specialty center, we we did a lot of research. We talked to a lot of patients that had gone through the process, and I reached out to like 200 and something women that had gone through this process and just asked them, what did you like? What did you not like? What would you do differently? And one of the things that I heard on repeat was the management of expectations, whereas women were glad that they didn't did it, but they weren't educated at the beginning about what treatment was going to look like for them or that they may need to do more than one cycle or that five eggs really wasn't enough to make it worth their while. You know, they didn't know any of that. And so that's, again, why we want to explain all of this before you then are already knee deep in treatment and didn't really know what you were getting yourself into. Totally. Um, it's important to kind of answer those questions and you know, egg freezing is wonderful. It's an amazing sort of opportunity for the women in our generation to have this chance to take control of your fertility. Women 10, 15 years ago didn't really have this option, but it's not a guarantee of a pregnancy. And a lot of times you hear people say like, oh, I froze my eggs, I don't have to worry about it. Or, you know, there's a lot that still has to happen on the tail end. And it's Mm -hmm. important to talk about those things as well.
If you know anything about me, you know I am a massive creature of comfort. It is one of my top priorities in life to make my surroundings comfortable at all times. So when I found Cozy Earth, I quickly scooped up all of the luxurious bedding and loungewear that I could. It felt very on brand for me, but then I went on a trip with a girlfriend not too long ago where she could not stop commenting on how cute and comfy my pajamas were, which then made me realize they may also be my new favorite travel companion as well. Guys, I am not kidding when I say you will experience unmatched softness and smoothness with all of Cozy Earth's products. The temperature-regulating bamboo joggers and pullover crew add comfort and a touch of style to any travel ensemble, and their bedding comes in the most adorable totes, making it a super easy gift to give anyone. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code VELVETSEDGE at the checkout for an exclusive 35% off, and let them know we sent you when you're at the checkout. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Well, let's actually touch on that topic too, because I mean, I think the reason you guys, what I understood from the education that y'all taught me was the reason you want the 15 to 20 is because all of those eggs are not going to become an embryo, which you kind of touched on, but could you explain that a little further? Because I had no concept. I thought exactly what you said. I'm going to go in, I'm going to freeze these eggs and that's going to be the number of chances I have to get pregnant. And that is absolutely not true. No, it's not true. So let's talk about what happens in a natural cycle every single month for a woman. So what we do, our bodies, what they do is they recruit many immature oocytes. And oocytes is just an egg. So they recruit many immature eggs. And one egg matures. We ovulate that out for pregnancy. If we're not pregnant, then we shed the lining and the cycle starts again. And then all of the immature eggs that we recruited that didn't mature, weren't that one, then we lose them. So we're losing hundreds of eggs every single month. Okay. Okay. Now there's many things that can happen in that process that, you know, it doesn't follow as, you know, as smoothly. And that's why people will be like, well, how do twins happen if two, if only one egg is? So that's a story for a different day. Okay. <laughs> but that's, in, you know, a very simple measures, like that's what happens every single month. So what we're doing is we are trying to recruit more 
or mature, excuse me, we are trying to mature more than one egg than what you naturally would. So we're trying to get some of those eggs that you would naturally lose, we're trying to save those or mature those. So one question is that, you know, am I am I hurting my chances of getting pregnant in the future? Am I taking eggs that I would have needed in the future? And the answer is no. We're saving the ones that you would have naturally lost anyways. But with that being said, once we remove them, we have to monitor them to see if they are fully mature for a pregnancy. And some of them aren't. And it's very normal that when we retrieve eggs, there's a portion of them that are just immature, meaning that they would never make an embryo. And so for that, we, we don't freeze those because there's many reasons that we don't freeze them. Number one, that's an inflation of number of how many eggs that you would have. And number two, the chances of them surviving the saw and making an embryo are very close, close to zero. So we only freeze the mature eggs, the best looking eggs. So let's say we freeze those. And then in this scenario, we're going to say that there's a woman, she froze her eggs at 30. She goes on, she gets married at 35. She has a baby at 36. Now she's 37, 38, and she's trying to get pregnant with baby number two and she's struggling. And so she wants to go back and dip into her eggs. And let's say she froze 15. So she comes back and we attempt to thaw all of them. And let's say out of the 15, 14 of them survived the thaw. So 14 of them still look good. Can you, what does that so mean next, though? Cause you guys said that a couple of times to me, like survive the thaw. Like, so when you freeze them, go ahead. We're freezing them and what we're freezing them through a science called vitrification. And vitrification has been around a long time for embryos, but vitrification of eggs is that advancement in the technology that's really just come to fruition in the past decade. That's that fine tuned technology. And what it is, it's a flash freezing method and it puts the egg in like a glass like structure so that it's solid and it's sturdy because eggs are so naturally fragile. They're only half of the chromosomes that it takes to make a baby. They're water based. They're easily damaged. So with this science, it's making them sturdy when they're frozen. But when it goes to thaw them, sometimes think of it just like if you put something in the freezer and you go to like get it out and it's got freezer burn on it or Mm -hmm. it just, it doesn't, it doesn't taste like just, and that happens. And that's very normal that that happens with eggs. So by surviving the thaw, what I mean by that is that once it's thawed and we look at them, they're still a good quality. They're still mature. They still would have the ability to fertilize with sperm. Right. So it is very normal that when we do that, maybe one or two, and that, this is just in our lab, we have about a 99% thaw rate, so I'm not speaking for everyone, that they would, 99% of them on average in our lab survive the thaw. That's so amazing. In this example, it is. Yeah. I mean, our embryologists that do this are award-winning. Yeah. They've gotten awards um, based off of just doing vitrification. Of this goes sites, back to do awesome. your research about the place that you do it. Because the, exactly. these were all the big selling points for me on why I chose OVA. Yes, exactly. So they survived the thaw. In this specific example, we said this woman had 15. So let's say 14 survived. They look good. All right. So then we have to fertilize them with And when this, you know, when someone freezes their eggs, a lot of times they don't know who the sperm source is going to be. Is it going to be, you know, a donor? Is it going to be a husband or a partner? Who, Who knows who it's going to be? So we don't know the quality of it at that time. So we have to, quality of the sperm is very important. I mean, I think women take a lot of this burden on themselves that, oh, it's me, or if I'm not pregnant, it's my fault or my eggs. Mm -hmm. But you know what? In the IVF clinic, I would say about, you know, 40, 50% of the time, it is a male factor problem. So we have to think about the quality of the sperm as well. So 
we've got these 14 eggs. We're going to attempt to inseminate or fertilize all of them. And then we monitor them to see how they grow into embryos over the next five, six days. So over the next five to six days, when the embryologists are monitoring them, some of them are going to fall off. So some of them on certain days or certain stages are not going to be, um, you know, progressing or growing into what we call a blastocyst. So it's the, the egg, which is then the embryo. We all learn about mitosis when we're in school. That's basically what is happening. It's the cells are multiplying and doubling, and then it gets to what we call a blastocyst, which is what we want them to grow to. So when we had the 14 eggs that we inseminated in this example, let's just say, let's say 10 of them made it to a blastocyst or a good-looking staged embryo. Okay, so we started at 15, now we're at 10. Okay. Then there's always the option for women if they want to do genetic testing of the embryos where we can see if there's any chromosomal abnormality. Um, It's completely optional depending on the age of the woman when she froze the egg, the age of the egg. Sometimes we recommend it, sometimes we don't. Um, It's really up to the patient and the decision with their treating medical professional. But... If, let's say, someone wanted to do the genetic testing of these embryos and we biopsy them and sent them off, then most likely not all 10 of them are going to be chromosomally normal. So, again, you're losing some there. And then <laughs> the thing is, is that you don't even, that we haven't even transferred them to the uterus right. yet. So I'm not saying this to be overwhelming, but I'm just answering the question that there's steps every step of the way that it's very normal to lose an egg or an embryo. So by just starting with five eggs, you can see where there's a lot that has to happen before you ever take home a healthy baby. And right. that's why we want to be sure that you freeze enough eggs to make it worth your while. And I know that kind of sounds like an overwhelming sort of example, but I think it's important that people understand what all has to happen on the tail end. There's a lot that happens in the lab before you're ever able to say, yes, I'm pregnant, it worked. Well, so and that- that's why it's important you know, again, you do your research and you freeze enough eggs to make it worth your while. Absolutely. And any fertility clinic you go to is going to deliver the information exactly what you just said, all of that. And if you remember, I had gone somewhere in Nashville before I met with you guys. And I told you, like, it was so helpful for me to hear it from your voice because it wasn't as overwhelming for some reason. It was just very factual and like, but here's how we do that kind of thing. And I think that it is an overwhelming they're very overwhelming statistics to hear. And this, again, is why I'm is. so passionate about telling people at an earlier age, because your chances are just so much higher to get the higher numbers. Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. And it is important. And, it, and like I said, it can be overwhelming. But I think patients want want to hear that information. They want all of the information that they can get so they can have a better understanding about what's going on with this process that they're investing a lot of time, energy, and money into. Right. And this kind of goes into the topic of the quality of eggs, because as important as it is to get into, you know, you want to get as many as you can. You want to get the 15 to 20 total, like you guys say, and maybe that's a couple rounds for someone who's a little bit older. But the reason you want to get more is because we can't predict what each egg is going to do. However, I was, we, right. you know, you and I talked a little bit about this before, but I was reading a book while I was going through the process called um, It Starts with the Egg. And she's, she's gone through some fertility structures, uh, struggles, excuse me. She's not a doctor. So she was just speaking from her own personal experience. And a lot of the conversation was about the food we eat, the BPAs, the phthalates, the things around us in our house and even in our makeup products that could be lowering our fertility or 
the quality of our eggs so that when you do take them, they're not lasting the way that we want them to, or they're not transferring into an embryo or all the things that you just explained. So how important is egg quality actually? Personally, I feel like egg quality is better than the quantity. I mean, right. you, need, you obviously need the numbers, but if they're not good, it's really not the a, point? Exactly. So I'd rather have, if I was a patient, a few really, really good looking eggs than a ton that are just kind of meh looking. Right. Um, but the, it goes hand in hand, the quality and the quantity. So the age is the biggest factor. And I'm sure there are environmental factors that affect it that we just don't know exactly what they are. Absolutely. Um, but again, the number one thing that we can pinpoint and what the medical data tells us is that age is the biggest, biggest factor when it comes to quality. And when we look at, you know, ovarian reserve and the testing that is available to patients to, you know, understand what their fertility potential is, that's really just looking at the quantity. The only way to look at the quality of an egg is to remove it, look at it underneath the microscope, and really the gold standard would be to fertilize it with sperm and see how well it grows into an embryo. There's no testing by looking at ultrasound or in your blood to let us know the quality of your egg at this point. So we only have age to base that off of. Okay. Well, you mentioned smoking earlier being such a, you know, a hard thing for your body Mm -hmm. and egg quality. Is there anything else Mm -hmm. that you recommend? I mean, you told me specifically to start doing acupuncture and is that, that was to lower Mm -hmm. stress? Was that the helpful part of that? We, I believe, and there have been studies that have shown that, you know, acupuncture does help with stress in our lives. And some people have other experiences that they feel like it does or it doesn't help. It's kind of subjective. But we do see that with acupuncture, and we know that the stress levels then, you know, go down, we do see that only being a benefit as far as fertility. It's not going to harm a patient by doing acupuncture or doing something that's going to decrease the stress in their life. It's only going to benefit things. So when patients are going through treatment and they're maybe not having an optimal response or they're struggling, whether it be emotionally or physically, I think acupuncture is always a good thing to try. And maybe some patients aren't going to benefit from it or not going to really love going through it. Um, But again, it's not going to be something that's going to harm you. Okay. Is there anything else that you would give us tips even before? Because another thing that I learned during this process was that we are eggs. Um, I think I thought like for each cycle, your eggs were developing like just that month, but doesn't it go back three months? Am I making that up? I haven't heard that. Okay. Don't trust me. Trust Whitney. (laughs) I don't know where I heard that, but I swore someone said that it like it starts to develop or each cycle starts like three months back. I don't know, y'all. Maybe I made that up. Yeah. I'm not sure. And I'm not saying that that's not true. I have not heard that. Okay. I'm not sure. Okay. Well, I think the point is, is to take care of your body. Maybe reduce stress as much as you can. No smoking. people... People ask me all the time, you know, what can I do to improve it? And it's it's really, I wish that there was something, you know, that I could say do, and this is going to help your fertility. But it's really about just being healthy and taking care of yourself. Right. I mean, things that are going to hurt you, you know, your weight or eating sugar or doing this and all that. I mean, it's just about being healthy. So taking care of your body 
you know, getting enough sleep and exercising, doing all, all of those things, you know, we don't have a direct link between it, but it's not going to harm you. So it's right. only going to help you. Anything that can decrease stress and to keep you healthy, you know, in the long run is only going to help your fertility as well. Yeah, I definitely think too, um, something that I didn't know about the process was that when you actually do start doing the process, you can't, when you start your shots, you can't work out. Um, well, there's no drinking, which is fine, but there's no sex. There's not, there's not a lot of things like, or there's a lot of things that you really have to think about like for two weeks, basically, or three weeks, I guess it ends up being. And the reason that we, we put those restrictions in place, no exercise, intercourse, heavy lifting, it's for the protection of you, your body and your ovaries. Mm -hmm. Um, the medications that you're taking cause your ovaries to enlarge, your ovaries are free hanging in your body. When you move, they move. So we want to reduce the risk of any sort of ovarian torsion, which is a really rare risk that is involved with treatment. Um, and that's basically where the ovary, because it's enlarged, there's, you know, if you're doing a lot of activity, the ovary could twist on itself. So it, then the blood flow would cut off and all of that sort of thing. And that's a medical emergency. So we're doing that for your protection. Right. And that's why I tell patients, you know, it's just, and the grand scheme of things, it may not seem like it when you're not being able to work out, especially if that's something that helps reduce stress in your mm -hmm. life. But in the grand scheme of it, it's only, you know, three, four weeks that we're asking sure. you um, to have those restrictions in place. Totally. I think I felt better. I did, I did the, tried this twice and I felt better going into the second round because I had known that. So I was able to kind of get my body ready. Like I worked out a lot before and I felt healthier going into it. And that was just a tip that I thought maybe would be helpful to people to just, to, you know, just to know, yeah, just no, to know what you're getting into. That, especially, yeah, when you're going and you're looking to see, okay, what month do I want to do this? Sure. Scheduling. It's nice to know that going into it. Absolutely. So we talked about reducing stress and we mentioned that you were on The Bachelor back in the day. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Seems like forever ago. Do you say you won The Bachelor? I always think that's so weird. It's like, it's like, does that, do you call that winning? Like if you're the last contestant? I, mean, I don't know. I don't know that I, I feel like a lot of people, you know, refer to it as that. Yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily the way that I feel. It, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was the last woman standing. Last I got the woman final standing. Rose. Okay, that's a good way to put it. The final rose, because I always think it's so weird. You're talking about a relationship, and people are like, "Oh, she won," and I'm like, "But wait, is that was that winning?" I don't yeah. know. I think that's weird. Um, yeah, so, and I don't know. And in some seasons, I'm like, and maybe the winner is the person that doesn't actually get exactly. the final rose. <laughs> exactly. Like the Those person who the got the final winners. rose, did they really win? <laughs> well, so tell us about life after The Bachelor. What's been going on? Well, I am married. Um, I have a little boy. Um, I am married not to the person that gave me the final yes. rose, thank God. Um, <laughs> Jim of a man, um, Ricky. And, uh, it, you know, right after The Bachelor, I it was a dark, dark time for me. And I didn't really know that um, things were ever going to, there was yeah. ever going to be a light at the end of the tunnel or if things were ever going to look up. And, and they did. And I met Ricky and it was just, I mean, it, I guess, you know, they do say when you know, you know, and I never believed that until I met him. But we um, have been together now for, gosh, four or five years. We got married a few years ago and we welcomed our first baby, a little boy, 10 months ago. Dang. And that was without using the eggs that you froze, right? It was, it was without using them, um, but I'm not going to lie, it was, getting pregnant did not come easy for us, and it was something that 
um, you know, we did consult with Dr. Kaplan about using the eggs that I froze. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he told us, you know, we all have this timeline in our brain about how we would think that our life is going to go or the way that we ex- expect it or we want it to happen. And when it doesn't follow that path, then it's very anxiety provoking. And yes. I'm no different. Even, you know, working in this field and knowing what I know and knowing that, I still, you know, it's not always easy to get pregnant. I did want it to just happen to me that first, second, third. It took about six months, though. And um, Dr. Kaplan advised that we keep the eggs, you know, alone, leave them there for, you know, the possibility of baby number two or number three. And I think that that's really important as well. When we talk about egg freezing, as people always think like, oh, well, I'm young. I'll, I'll be able to get pregnant. But sure. what if you want more than one child? Right. And secondary infertility is is a large thing. We hear about this all the time. We see patients all the time that are struggling with secondary infertility, especially if you're starting your family a little bit later in life. So we decided to leave them put and to, for me to just kind of pump the brakes and try to manage my stress levels. Um, and it happened for us um, without the need to use them. But it's nice to know that they're there because we would like to have um, another baby. And if we're struggling, it's nice to know that they're there. Absolutely. It's always nice to have a backup plan, you know? Yes, yes. So what happens, uh, someone asked me this and I did not know the answer. What if you decide never to use the eggs? What happens to them? They just stay? So they... you have, so they're, so people ask a lot of times about the um, quality of them, meaning like if they're frozen for a long period of time, do they start to lose their effectiveness Yeah. Um, or if their quality diminishes and they don't, they can be frozen indefinitely and there's been, you know, we don't see any sort of decline in the quality of the egg. But let's say you your family's completed or you decide you don't want kids or whatever it may be and you're ready to um, discard them. You have a couple options. Um, one of them is just like what I said, that we can discard them. Um, the second would be that you could donate them to research mm-hmm. or the third would be donate them to another couple um, that is struggling with fertility. I love that. Whether that, that. someone you know or anonymously. Sure. There are certain things that we need to do through FDA guidelines to um, ensure that you know, they're safe to be donated and we could help patients out with that if that's what they choose. Yeah, that would be an amazing gift to give someone for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, Whitney, thank yep. you so much. This was so helpful. I think that your oh explanations of stuff, is, they're just so much more clear than what I could ever communicate to people. And I just think this is such an <laughs> well, important topic. I really do. Well, thank you. And I hope it was helpful and not, you know, overwhelming um, by any means. If patients have, or your listeners, excuse me, have any questions whatsoever, they can definitely um, reach out to us on our website, which is ovaeggfreezing.com. They can call us. Um, Our phone number is 312-800-0228 and send us a message to the website as well. Again, the first consult is complimentary with a nurse here to just go over what egg freezing would look like for you specifically and managing those expectations and then kind of letting you know if you wanted to get testing, what that would look like as well. And we see patients, you don't have to be local to Chicago. I think that's important to know as well. Um, We see patients all over the United States and in the laboratory, we see patients from all over the world that come into the lab. Right. I was in Nashville and I decided to work with you guys specifically because for me, it's it's you guys just do egg freezing. So it's a very specialized thing. And, and, you know, at most fertility clinics, you're sitting in the waiting room with a pregnant couple or it's just a different situation. So it felt very comforting to me to to be in a place that was very specific to what I was going through. 
Absolutely. And then patients do ask as well, you know, let's say I froze my eggs and then I'm ready to use them. Do I get to come back to you guys or do you guys send me somewhere else? We do, you know, do that second part as well. You know, we do feel like it's very important to have that continuity of care Mm -hmm. um, with a facility that you feel comfortable with that started the process with you and kind of completing the journey with you as well. And you guys can also be found on Instagram, right? It's at, is it at Ova Egg Freezing? OVA for anyone who's looking them up. It's, O-V-A. Yes. Yep, you got it. And it's all women in this place. It's just amazing. It's a very empowering place to be, which I think this situation can be a very empowered decision for every woman to make. So educate yourselves. Go ahead. Yes, and take control. Like I said, yes. I said, it absolutely is empowering. I mean, some people are like, it doesn't seem empowering to me. You know, like I'm sad that I'm, you know, not with sure. someone or that I'm not to where I thought I was going to be. But it's when you flip that coin and you look at it as you have the opportunity to take control of your future and take control of your fertility. This is not, you know, you that to me is amazing. That is empowering in and of itself that we have the ability to do this. Absolutely. And educate yourself and be proactive. That's my biggest, biggest sort of, you know, I guess my parting words is be proactive versus reactive. We're proactive about so many things in our life and fertility shouldn't be any different. Absolutely. That's the best way to put it because I think the more proactive you are, the more empowering it is. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much again for talking about this. I feel like this is not discussed very much and I really want to keep just bringing light to this topic so people are aware, get it on the radar, they're proactive and they're empowered. So thank you for educating us. Come back anytime. Okay. <laughs> maybe we'll talk more reality <laughs> TV or maybe not ever again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, I don't know. If anybody watched the finale last night, I'm sure there's a lot of talk. Did I'm, you watch it? I'm behind. I've got to go catch up. That's on my agenda okay, for tonight, no but problem. I heard it is like a very dun 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 situation. It is. Pour your glass of wine and just, yeah. <laughs> it is good. It is good. All right. Well, thanks, Kelly. I really appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. Thanks, Whitney. And thank you guys for listening. This is Kelly Henderson, and you've been listening to the Velvet's Edge podcast. I truly believe that every one of us has a little velvet and a little edge. So it's so important to remember that to be strong, you must be soft too. Thank you so much for sharing in those stories with me. You can follow Velvet's Edge on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as velvetsedge.com. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me every Wednesday for more conversations on lifestyle, beauty, and relationships. Thanks for listening. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. 
Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.